In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Happens in the spiritual realm around us. Welcome to GirlfriendIt, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. Today's show, we are talking about experiencing God in supernatural ways. If you found Frank Peretti's book, this present darkness intriguing, then stay tuned as I unpack information regarding the spiritual realm with our guest from California, Rebecca Morgan. She's a ministry leader, a graduate of Biola University with her master's in philosophy, and also a fascinating girlfriend to talk to. And uh, she's going to be replacing Lisa today as we discuss some of the things going on around us that we don't always see. And uh, I just read... Um, a quote that said, the church in the West today presents too easy of a target for Satan. We do not believe we are at war. We do not know where the battleground is located. And in spite of our weapons, they are neither loaded nor aimed at the right target. We are unaware of how vulnerable we are. We are better fitted for a parade and entertainment. And Becca, what do you think of that quote? Well, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, It's amazing how Christians have come to understand themselves and the church as sort of completely separated from negative spiritual forces, unless we're doing good things. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, have have you heard that? Like, oh, I must be doing something great because I'm feeling so oppressed right now, which I don't want to minimize that. There is that. But... I mean, think about it. What if we were doing something wrong? Could it be that they were also a part of that? Absolutely. Um, and, but I do, and I do think that um, the, the truth in that statement is that we don't really talk about what's going around, mm-hmm. us, especially since we can't see it, and we kind of want to hide from the, the reality of that. Yeah, well, think about... Think about how often we even want to confront each other when there's something wrong. I mean, I avoid confrontations like that. And but but I mean, if if our girlfriend or or someone around us is going through pain, a lot of a lot of times we we live like spirits don't exist. We live as though oh my my self loathing or uh, this idea that I'm just I'm fat I'm fat. You know, like all of these concepts of, of um, value and and things like that. We just assume that, well, that's me, that's, that's me, and that's my thought. And um, I think Satan thrives in this, this Western world where we think that 
they don't affect us. And I mean, we sit, we talk about them as though they're real, right? And we we talk about it as though we kind of use that phrase, the evil one, which is good. I mean, that's yes, there's the evil one, but he is out doing his thing, and um, I think we just assume he's in China or in India or some other place like that where they believe in those things. Yet in Scripture, Christ talks so much about demonization and having a demon and uh, being tempted that way, yet somehow we think we're immune to it because we're in the United States. And I think that's interesting. And I think it gives Satan free reign. I mean, hey, he can do what he wants then if we don't even think he's involved. And I think that's a dangerous place to start. Well, yeah, if, if um, we, don't realize, <clears throat> we don't realize we're at war, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it's not a good thing when, when the bombs are, are, are being blasted and you're not even aware of the bombs, yet alone how to, um, how to defend it. And like you said, it's, it's all through the Bible. I mean, from the very beginning in Genesis, Satan mm-hmm. attacked Eve with his, his deceit. And yeah. yet we have a tendency to think, oh, that's not going to happen to us. Well, you just recently went to a conference, and tell us a little bit about this conference, because they were talking about spiritual warfare. Yeah, it was a conference put on by Charles Kraft. He's a professor at Fuller Seminary, and it was surprisingly small. There weren't a lot of people there. I think, it, honestly, it's something that's still catching on, which is, you know, funny. But um, basically, he he just talked about our authority in Christ and his experiences working with Christians being demonized. And I know even saying me saying that now, some people are going, oh, Christians can't be demonized. We can be tempted, but we can't have a demon. And I, I think that's a misconception that, honestly, Satan can use to his advantage if we don't think that either we personally have a demon or people we're working with and counseling might be... Um, affected by a demon, then we don't need to deal with them, and they can work. I agree that word under demon, the radar. Yeah, demonized. Um, when you think of that term, it instantly makes you go, "Eh, this is you guys are kind of talking freaky now." Yeah, um, well, and the Greek word itself that's translated as possessed really could be translated as having a demon or demonized. Like there are definitely people, obviously, that were possessed and controlled by Satan that Jesus deals with in Scripture, but. Many of them, I'm, I mean, I know, I know Luke uses that term interchangeably with having a demon or demonized. And I think that, that word possessed is actually a first century word, and it's, but it wasn't in Scripture. It, I mean, it's not, it can be translated that way, but I don't think that's the most accurate rendering of it. And I think that can, that's, that assumption that, oh, well, possession, well, I don't belong to Satan, therefore I can't be possessed. And that's and, and, exactly what you just said, because that's how I grew up. If we have Christ within us, then Satan cannot be a part of that. You can't have Christ and Satan. You, you can't have that mm-hmm. possession. So unpack right. that a little further, because you're right. I mean, that's exactly what I think when I, when I hear you say that. Well, yeah, so we hear all the time, First John 4, 4, he who is, greater, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. But think, think a second about our sin nature. How is it that we can have a sin nature yet have the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us? I mean, God makes it very clear that there is a war going on inside of us as well between good and evil and between our new nature that we've gotten at salvation and our old nature. The cool thing is, is having been redeemed through Christ's blood, we have the power to overcome the old nature. But the 
sin is still there. And, and so how can sin coexist with the Holy Spirit? I mean, I think it's sort of the same concept. If we can, if we can grasp onto that, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's the same thing with spirits. If we have some of that stuff, that garbage left over from um, before we were saved, or it could even be from, I don't want to get too into it, but uh, from a familial sort of demon, a demon that's attached to, to our family, um, maybe because of past spirit worship or something like that, um, they're, they're in there and they need to get out. And um, that scares a lot of people. Okay, wait, what? <laughs> but but you does know that what? make sense what I'm saying? I mean, the, the fact that, okay, we have sin in us, and uh, they're drawn to sin, and they can feed off it like garbage. And, I mean, I think of, I think of friends who struggled with pornography and then got saved, and then all of a sudden it went away? No, like it didn't go away. And maybe for some people it does, but this was an addiction that had been going on for over 15 years. So to have someone look at them and say, oh, I can't believe you're still struggling with this. Wow, something, you know, something must be wrong with you, or, you know, maybe you're not really saved. I mean, think about talking to someone that way who's just reaching out and struggling. I think sometimes Christians have a way of hurting each other yeah. <laughs> that way. Do you know what I mean? Um, because of our own insecurities. Yes. But. And, you know, going back to what you're saying, I know um, at, at times we've worked with different um, teams, Lisa and I, as we're doing ministry, and there are certain teams where you can actually see the dysfunction that's taking place, and usually that dysfunction is coming from one person, and it, it can be that, that spirit of deception where we see it going on and you think, okay, there's some evil going on here. And you're right. It's usually from that person who has been highly wounded or there's something in their life from their past that they haven't been able to release over to God. It's a stronghold that, that the spirits are coming in through that little compartment. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like our heart has all these different compartments. And we have a tendency where we can compartmentalize, you know, our spirituality and yet keep this one little compartment um, just, like, open that we haven't revealed that over, we haven't turned that over to the Lord completely, which sometimes, like you said, with your um, friend with pornography, we, we become a believer and we confess our sins and we open it up, you know, those compartments, but... It's still a daily thing. For, for some, you're right. They can just walk away. But for others, when it is an addiction and you've allowed it to happen and you've made that choice to allow it to, to take over your world and your life, it's a struggle. And so you have to be so aware of that stronghold and, and daily surrendering it to the Lord sometimes. It's not just a one-time gig. Yeah, and we, you know, we tend, when we see people struggling and even ourselves, we try and deal with just the outward behavior. Well, well, she's overeating, so you know what? You just need to stop that. Well, you know, what, what's going on deep inside? And, you know, the thing I do want to make sure that I make clear is I think sometimes people can, we want easy fixes, right? So we either think we have this either-or mentality, and he talks about this in his book, and honestly, I'm very new to this, and if anybody has any more questions, they should really um, 
read his book, which it's called Defeating Dark Angels. It's great. Um, but one of the things he talks about. You know what, Becca, I have to go back to that. It's called, we only have about 30 seconds before yeah. we go to our commercial break. But you're saying the book, the name is what? Defeating. It's called Defeating Dark Angels by Defeating Charles Craft. And who's the mm-hmm. author? Charles Craft. Charles Craft. And Kraft. it's a K-R-A-F-T. Okay, and he's also the gentleman that did this conference. Okay, excellent. Well, we are going to go to a commercial break, and stay tuned with us as we're speaking with Rebecca Morgan on spiritual warfare. This is Girlfriend it on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Booyah! That's the word uttered when you know you have the upper hand. Or you're the winner. Well, now we have the Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Brassi. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Martin's show is all about helping speakers and authors find their niche, create their brand, and achieve massive success. Each week, Martin will interview guests from around the world who have achieved tremendous success as speakers and authors. You'll find out who they are, what they do, and how you can follow in their footsteps to achieve incredible results. Guests will come from around the world of business, entertainment, finance, the arts, and sciences. Nothing is off topic. No subject too taboo. We'll share valuable information as well as huge laughs as we discover the ups and downs of being a successful speaker and author. The Booyah Radio Hour with Martin Pressey. Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on Togedat.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are speaking with Rebecca Morgan today, and we are talking about 
just this is spiritual realm and spiritual warfare. And so many times we want to we want to shy away from this conversation, and we really don't want to go there. And so we're going to be talking about some things that um, that might make us uncomfortable, but also how do we guard ourselves against uh, spiritual warfare? and against some of this darkness. I know uh, there's a quote from John Eldridge that three eternal truths. Things are not what they seem. The world is at war, and each of us has a crucial role to play. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So, Rebecca, you made a comment about a great resource um, with this book that you were talking about. Tell us a little bit of of a scenario that perhaps he uses in – like we talked about earlier, so many times when we see um, it, or hear individuals talking about demonization or, or anything about, you know, Satan, that we think, oh, no, we're in the land of, you know, God bless mm-hmm. uh, this This doesn't happen here. So, so give us a scenario. Well, you know, one scenario I, I actually saw there was um, it wasn't live. It was a video he had shown of his past conference, and it was, so interesting, and it um, woman the woman he was dealing with had um, had been there for healing just from a miscarriage. she was just in a lot of pain and um, and he went through he went through with her different parts of her life she just, he just had her close her eyes and say you know i let's let's go through your life let's look at what you've been through um, and see what's there and basically she had been raped when she was fifteen and um kind of blamed herself for that and really traumatic incident and he he basically went through and talked about okay let's what would it be like for you to put Jesus in that moment do you really believe he was there because a lot of our stuff and our our garbage builds up because we look at those traumatic events and we go there's no way he was there he could not have been there that was too painful um but when we acknowledge his presence and that he was there I think it it steals some of the it steals the victory from spirits who want to to use those tragedies to make our lives horrible and to have control over us and so it was really great to see her him walk her through these different tragedies in her life and to see her give those over to Jesus and at the end he said can I check if there are any spirits? And she goes, yeah. And so her, I mean, this just blew me away because this is so new to me. But her head dropped and it came back up. And he goes, who am I speaking with? And he was speaking with the demon of death. And what's interesting is they oftentimes have two names. And this is also in the book. But they go by a functional name and they also go by uh, a different name. Sometimes it's, you know, very interesting sounding. But um, like biblical or whatever. But um yeah, and it was the spirit of death, and she, he he asked what he had been telling her, and basically she had wanted to kill herself, and he had fed her those thoughts that you're not valuable and life isn't worth living, and how could you ever get over this tragedy? Um, and what's amazing about the way that spirits work is we tend to think those thoughts are mine. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm not valuable. I'm I'm life isn't worth living. This there's no point. Those aren't from God. Those were from the evil one, and he was. They were inside of her, feeding um, on her emotional garbage. And the neat thing was, um, my favorite part of it was when he asked the spirit of um, perversion. What? Or not perversion? 
can't remember which one it was. It might have been insecurity, but he said, what have you been telling her? And he goes, well, she's fat. And it, I mean, it was almost funny. I mean, you know, just oh, to hear yes. that, oh, she's fat. And the interesting thing is he didn't just say it once. He said it, she's fat, she's fat, she's fat, she's fat, she's fat. Like, he couldn't stop saying it. He goes, okay, stop. And that's what she's hearing in her head all the time. Oh, isn't that amazing? Oh, how often do you hear? I mean, I heard it yesterday. I'm sitting on the couch with my husband going, okay, I'm fat. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's this, it's funny because, and I'm not saying, oh, I have that demon inside of me, but I, I think it's so fascinating how we, we think, oh, those, those are my thoughts. That, that must be true. And, um, but as she gave these things to Jesus, he said to the Spirit, did you see that so-and-so? Gave, gave Jesus the victory in that incident, and the Spirit just says, yeah. <laughs> well, then, you know, you, don't, you have no reason to be here. Basically, he, he um, puts them at the feet of Jesus and tells them not to go in any relatives or come back, and they, and they go, and there was just such relief on her face. And he found, I think, six different demons that had been with her since childhood. One of them had been with the family for three generations. And one thing when we're talking about you know, preventing this and protecting ourselves is, I think there's two things is I think we need to be really careful what, you know, what we're putting in our heads and the places that we go. I mean, I have friends who would go to a fortune teller, read their fortune because it was super fun and, oh, it's not real. It's just fake. Well, they have a presence there. And when you mess with that, I, you know, I used to, I laugh because my mom used to be like, don't mess with that. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. But there's something to that. I mean, even from, from fortune tellers, psychics, astrologers, spiritists, like the Church of Scientology, if you go witnessing anywhere around Mormon temples, Islamic temples, you need a team of people praying for you because they have such a grip in those places. I mean, what fascinated me, too, is some people get involved with things like Freemasonry, which you think, oh, that's just a men's club. Well, in the first step, you have to curse your family, and that is an automatic in for a familial demon. And people just don't think, of that. Um, so that's one thing is just avoid those things or have people praying for you when you're in places like that um, or going on a mission trip or something like that. And um, also, um, I think I mentioned it in the past statement, but just prayer, prayer and Bible reading and worship. You know, we're, we're told a lot of us grew up with a lot of legalism, you know, read your Bible. You know, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. That whole, that whole song, there's a song about it. But that isn't for nothing. I mean, right. yes, it, deepening your relationship with Jesus and spending time with him is not just to get to know him. It's actually like spiritual armor. Um, it is not an accident when you see people who are just so close to the Lord and just start their day with prayer um, that they're protected. And I think that's so important. I, this has just opened my eyes to where I've called family members and I've called people who I trust and just have said, will you pray for me? Because I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of hurting people and I, I'm opening myself up to that and I, I need prayer and protection. And the cool thing is, is, you know, we talk about angels and we see these pictures of these like little cherubs floating on clouds and, um, angels are there also to protect us, um, I had a professor, J.P. Moreland, who, who also wrote a very good book called The Lost Virtue of Happiness. And in it, he talks about how he had gone through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and had started believing some of those lies that Satan likes to give us and whisper in our ear. And mm-hmm. um, 
a student one day said, went up to him and goes, okay, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I saw three angels by you today. He was like, okay. And normally that would be weird, right? But he said two times prior to that student coming up to him, two other people came up to him and said, okay, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I saw three angels standing around you protecting you. And wow. just wanted you to know. And they do. And what's interesting, too, is when, when I saw him do this and do this, exorcism it was it wasn't bells and whistles it wasn't this crazy thing where there's a lot of ritual he was talking to them like i'm talking to you and i think that's the other thing i want to say is he's given us authority through jesus christ and his blood to do this i mean i think of when he sends out his disciples he, it says, you know, in Matthew 10, he gave them the power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Mm-hmm. And we read those things and go, oh, oh, that was so good to be a disciple. Right. But we're all disciples. And, like we don't have know, that power. You know, we have a tendency. Yeah, that we was just the assume, disc- oh, this is for Chuck Craft. He needs to deal with everybody. You know, but mm-hmm. that's the thing is I think Satan doesn't want us to know who we are in Christ. What ha- what would happen if all Christians everywhere were to discover and really believe the fact that we are sons and heirs of Christ, which means we have the power of the Holy Spirit to cast out demons and to heal? What would that look like? I mean, that's Satan's worst nightmare. So his biggest tool against us is to say, you are worth nothing. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't have time with for you. Is he even real? I mean, and we start to believe those things and go, okay, well, I'll just, I'll keep my head down and I'll keep going and maybe he won't bug me. But what are we missing out on? I mean, my life has just been changed by this discovery that has been in front of my face in Scripture my whole life. And it's given me, instead of living in fear, which I've lived in fear my whole life of this whole realm, and it's given me a spirit of combat. Like, (laughs) I want to confront them now. I walk by these places and, you know, temples, and I just go, ah, instead of towering, I go, this is wrong, and you know what I mean? You're like, okay, bring it. This is why we're we're on this earth, and now that I know, it's like, you know what I love what you said is that your whole life, this is what you've been taught. You know about this, you know, the spiritual realm, and yet for the first time, it's this the freedom of knowing that you have authority over it, even though you already knew that. That's what's interesting because we, we know it, but we're really not quite believing it. And we're, we are falling for the lie that he is whispering in our ears, even though we know we have the authority. And well, you're right to also yeah. to, to live in, in that fear of, because um, we're just not really quite sure what, we know what he's capable of, and so we don't want that to happen to us. <laughs> so, you know what, we, um, we only have about 30 seconds, Becca, and um, we want to come back into the show after the commercial and talk about, ask some questions on um, what, what we, some of the, the lies that we are believing about Satan and get into some scripture on these strongholds of how we can go about, like you said, you know, getting into God's Word, and, and sometimes that sounds so simplistic. I know we have someone in our chat room that's saying, this is really hard when you are dealing with addiction. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. LinkedIn. It's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. The LinkedIn Lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us, won't you? Every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking about spiritual warfare, and we have Rebecca Morgan answering some of our questions here. And I know one of our listeners is talking about how hard it is to deal with addictions in your home. And, you know, even though as Christians and believing in the Lord, when you're continuously having to deal with those temptations when you've had these addictions in the past. So, um, Rebecca, what, what would you suggest to her on, on helping her out when you, when you really are dealing with those addictions daily? First of all, I just, I just, I'm with you. I, that is so hard, and it's one of the most painful things to go through is to see people who you love or if you yourself are going through something like that. I just, I'm so sorry you're having to go through that. I think when my husband and I have dealt with people dealing with addiction, um, the first thing is just to bring, bring things to light and you know, it's hard when also if you live with people who maybe aren't aware of their addiction or don't want to deal with it. I think in those cases, um, prayer. And I, I want to, I want to almost want to say just prayer. Like it's not. When I say just, it makes it sound like it's not a significant. Right, but like prayer. That's so right. You know why though? I think is because so many times that's what we say. I'll pray for you, and yeah. 
instead it's that it's the power of prayer is everything. It really does move the hand of God. And so well, yeah, it's directing it's directing his angels. It's it's fighting against spirits. I mean, yeah, there's this epic battle going on. I would say to that listener, there's an epic battle going on in your household. And know that you have an amazing authority to the Holy Spirit and your prayer is doing so much. And whether they're and I think that's a lie Satan wants us to believe is, you know what? You can't do anything. It will always be this way. He has had a victory if you've given up hope. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, I have seen victories, and I have seen people freed from that. And whatever it is, I have seen that. And it's, it's the coolest thing ever. And you're just going, okay, it took me years. But, but they're free. And I think not to lose hope is super important and to just be praying through scripture over that person and blessing that person. And the worst thing you can do is, you know, confront them all the time and go, oh, you're spinning. Oh, this is just, you know, this is so horrible what you're doing. Because a lot of times that behavior is, obviously, it's something deep. It's something deep, deep, deep. And it might be a control issue. And so they need to deal with it their own way. And so if it's a control issue, us approaching people with addictions and just going, well, you need to stop this behavior, constrain this outward behavior with these constraints. Do you know what I mean? Well, don't go to a bar if you're addicted. Well, that's true, but is that really dealing with maybe that person's um, sense of self-worth? Have they ever felt a sense of self-worth? Or are they just trying to control a situation? Because for some reason, when they were younger, possibly, some, their life was out of control and things were done to them that they had no control. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know what? That's such a good point because, like you said, if someone's dealing with alcoholism and then we, you're over there continuously trying to c- control them by saying, hey, you know, well, then don't go here, um, that's not going to help their situation in knowing someone's trying to control them. And, and just like in this situation where um, she's, you know, struggling with the addictions that are in her family, Let's say, just like you said, your friend with um, pornography, and then that friend had to, as a job, be out on the road, either traveling in hotel rooms, and that temptation is just so much stronger for them than if they were at home continuously or, you know, if you're a truck driver and you're dealing with different addictions, maybe gambling or, mm-hmm. you know, pornography where it's so in your face. It's so easy for us just to say, I'm going to pray for you or you need to deal with that. And it's it's daily for them. It's hourly. It's every single minute. Yeah. It's well, in yeah. And, and it's in, I think the biggest, I think we tend to look at, healing as a one-step deal. Oh, are you healed? Are you, oh, have you done that recently? Okay, then you're healed. Well, it, what in our life ever happens that way? I mean, if I want to <laughs> stop doing some sort of habitual thing, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think the biggest step with people who are at least willing to deal with their addiction is bringing it to light and celebrating that. Um, when I was walking through a friend with addiction, we celebrated everything oh, you didn't do that today, oh, let's have a party, <laughs> you know? And I think it's those victories, those are huge victories. And I think um, sometimes people with addiction, well, they'll just set the bar so high and they'll think, oh, if I mess up one time, I'm starting from ground zero. Well, no, it's, it's kind of like uh, 
reversing the direction of a train. If a train is full steam ahead and you're addicted, well, what would it be like to just put on the brakes a little bit? That's a victory. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way that we need to look at healing. It's a slow process, and it involves a lot of prayer. And celebrating uh, just simply bringing things to light because in Christ is no darkness, right? Mm-hmm. And Satan loves darkness, and he loves to hide. And if people who have dealt with addictions know that being in one is like, being in a dark room and you don't, you're just screaming, you don't know how to get out. And he loves that. So if you, if you can come out with it and just bring it to light, that is a huge first step. And I've seen amazing things happen with just that first step. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you don't bring it to light, Satan has a heyday um, in accusing you and taking an, embar- mm-hmm. an embarrassing sin and just rubbing your face in, into it, mm-hmm. into the ground. Because he loves when we are dealing with guilt and shame. And mm-hmm. um, when you can talk about it and bring it, you know, Revelation 12.10 talks about how Satan will do, will do that. And uh, we need to be aware of that. And those are the things that I, I believe if, once we know what we're struggling against, we can guard ourselves against his tactics. And the first one, the number one thing that that Satan is obviously, I mean, he's had a lot of time to uh, perfect this, is deception um, Mm -hmm. in us leaving the lie. And Mm -hmm. in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 3, 4, where Satan approaches Eve and tells her, if you eat this forbidden fruit, you're not going to die. And then he starts with deception, and then it moves into temptation. After he gets her to believe the lie, then we we see how tempting it is. He made the fruit look really, really yummy, and it was he enticed her. And you know, even Jesus was tempted in the desert in in Matthew four. He uses this over and over again, and I can see it in my own life where you start believing the lie, and then he mm-hmm. starts using that temptation. It's like once he's broken that barrier and opened up that compartment. Then he starts tempting you. And then the, the third one that uh, he will always use is the accusations. And mm-hmm. that's where he takes it and he, he wants to accuse you and accuse you and accuse you. So he's deceived you. He's tempted you with just the enticing part of it. And then he's going to use that sin to just spiral you into this, this guilt of shame. And once we are aware of that, um, we can also help, like in, in our listener's question uh, about the addictions in her own home, her husband is dealing with gambling, and he's on the road a lot. So mm-hmm. when she's, she's wanting to know what to do because she finds herself asking him for receipts when he mm-hmm. comes back. So even though she believes in the power of prayer, she's praying for him continuously, she still wants that accountability. So how do you do that when you're the wife? Because like you said, yeah, in that roll over your husband like that, then you're starting that that shame spiral. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, as women, we always we want to take control of situations, and there's peace in that for us. And I'm sure her situation right now feels completely out of control, um, especially if he's not forthcoming with the gambling and that kind of thing. I mean, if if he's not willing to work with her, there's obviously boundaries that she can make with their marriage and their communication that pr- can protect her in a, in a good way, you know. Um, I, I'm not a counselor. I, I'd say that's definitely something that um, I would seek more wisdom from someone who is a little bit more qualified. But um, I think 
something she can do is just is check her heart. Where is her heart when she's asking for those receipts? Is it is it coming from a need to control or is it coming from a a desire to protect herself and possibly her family? And that that's okay, you know. Um, but yeah, that that's a really difficult situation. Do you feel so betrayed when mm-hmm. uh, you feel that you're continuously be, continuously being lied to and you yeah. You feel that, um, you know, here he is a believer, so you think, okay, I thought we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. So that ultimate betrayal, when you when you discover those lies, it's almost as if you're expecting. Yeah, well, and it is the worst betrayal. I mean, addictions are betrayals, and it's because you think you know someone, and then you find out, wait, you, I don't know, I don't think I know you at all, and I... The thing that comes to mind with me is just um, creating a safe place. I think that's something that sometimes as women, to be honest, we, we could use some work in is what would it be like to create, and maybe she has already done this, I'm just saying in, in a general sense, for us to create a safe place for our husbands to be honest with us and for us not to go, <gasps> what? You know, because if a lot of the addiction can come from uh maybe a parent who was overly accusing or or a sister or, uh, you know, that that lack of control or just wanting to hide. I need to hide in gambling. I need to hide in drinking. Um, So I think it's so important. I mean, I counsel all women to sit down with their husbands and go, okay, I'm going to ask you something. I'm not going to be shocked. I want you to actually think about it for a day and let's meet again tomorrow and talk about it. Are you addicted to, to anything that I need to know about? Can I help you with this? This is a safe place. I'm not going to react because I think their fear is that reaction that they're going to get, that we often get. Do you know what I mean? Um, But I think that's such a good place to start is, okay, is it a safe environment to share? And after that, is it, am I accepted after I share? Do you accept me and does God accept me? Because we're Jesus to our husbands. We're Jesus to our friends. When we accept someone, when they share this deep stuff, um, it's like Jesus looking at them going, it's okay. I, I accept you. We're going to work through this. I'm with this. I'm in this with you. You don't have to do this alone. And I think that's a huge first step. And I, I love that, Rebecca, how you said we are, we are Jesus when we are with them. And we are. Jesus is within us, and that's who we represent. So when we sit down, we want to be that Jesus with skin on that can create that safe place. So stay tuned. We are going into a commercial break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on Toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. 
through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage. Connect with JulianaInMedia.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Why do I feel so lousy? Why are my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live, Monday nights at 9, 10 Central, here on Togginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended. We are talking with Rebecca Morgan, and we are talking about spiritual warfare and how we can um, fight against the tactics that Satan uses and also, how do we deal with, even in our own families, the addictions that are taking place? And, Rebecca, you were just talking about creating a, a safe place, that we are the Jesus with skin on when we are in these situations. And um, one of our listeners is just sharing that with her husband dealing with gambling, how she completely believes in the power of prayer, and she is praying for him continuously, but you can't help when he returns from long trips to know, okay, are you spending all of our money? Are you gambling all of our money away? And um, we need to deal with this. And you feel like you're just in that spiral of trying to control him and trying to control the addiction, and there's just so much betrayal there. So share again with us and and how she can maybe um, deal with this in a non-conflicting way. And maybe, like you said, maybe she already has. Well, I think I no man I've ever met reacts well to anger and accusation. They just don't, and that's never a place for truth. So if if we're sharing truth with our husbands and it's in the context of anger or an accusing tone, that truth is going to start to be associated with that anger um, to the point where you, you don't want to hear the truth or I know the truth, so why are you telling me what I already know? And a lot of times people with addictions, are, they know. <laughs> they know they've messed up, and actually it's fueled by a sense of failure. I have failed. I have failed myself. I have failed my family. Um, and, you know, one very powerful thing that we can always do is just, that's why Scripture is so important, is 
is not to, you know, blast them with Scripture, but affirm the acceptance of Christ that he has for us, affirm who we are, that, you know, Galatians 4, 6, we are no longer slaves, but God's own sons. I mean, not having an understanding of that truth is such fuel for addiction. And, um, and I think it's really important to remind those we love of the truth. And, and in, in a healthy way, I mean, it, it's not okay to go, yeah, it's okay, it's fine, um, God's going to forgive, so we'll just move on. Well, no. I mean, there are healthy ways to interact. And I think using emotions that obviously, you know, don't ever say you this, you that, you that. Um, I, when I talk to my husband, I usually say, well, in, on a good day, I'll say, you know, you know what, I, I am really hurt right now. Because I feel as though I'm just losing control. And when you came in the other day and said this, it, it really hurt me. And I know you didn't mean to, but you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's just for something little. But I've been amazed at how his countenance changes towards me when I'm using words like sad and hurt um, instead of anger. And that's our first thing is to speak out of anger, right? Because we're hurt. And anger seems to be the socially acceptable replacement for hurt. And I don't know how it got that way, but mm-hmm. using language like hurt and sadness and um, showing them how their behavior is affecting you is good um, because that means that they see you're human and you're not this machine accusing them because Satan has, I'm sure, sent him lies going, oh, she's... She thinks she's better than you, and you are a failure, and you. this is the only way that you can have control of anything. This is the only safe place. But those aren't, those aren't true things, and I think it's part of our job to, as wives to, to counteract those lies with truth. No, you are accepted. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've hurt me, but despite all of that, I love you so much, and let's deal with this together. Because deep down, they don't want to do it on their own. But we immediately put ourselves at odds with them the minute we demand things or we have accusation or guilt or anger because the enemy uses accusation the mm-hmm. lord doesn't he uses acceptance and i th- i think emulating that with our husbands is going to go a long way and i think too when you have when you're dealing with some of this in your home to to kind of get out of the spiral of that mm-hmm. that if it's possible to bring somebody else a strong believer into the picture to be that person to hold um, them accountable. Um, I've seen so many times where it's, it, it changes um, your whole relationship when you become that person. And you can't help it, just like in her, situa- her situation when you start asking for the receipts, you want so badly to trust them. And when you deal with that betrayal, then you almost get in that frenzy. When they come back, it's like, I demand <laughs> to see these receipts. I want to know if you're just spending all of our money. Mm-hmm. But when we bring somebody else into the picture that can maybe call them, you know, while they're on their trips and, talk, you know, mm-hmm. talk with them, and then they're the ones asking those questions, and you kind of remove yourself, I know that's so hard because, A, we don't want people to know our junk. So mm-hmm. it's asking for help to bring that, you know, other believer into the picture and then B, you know, we never want to um, be inconvenienced in, in our world. We don't want for 
you know, or to be somebody's project, rather than looking at it as we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's what we're here for, is to build each other up and help each other along and help guide. And like you said, we're we're the Jesus. So sometimes when we bring somebody else into the picture, that can really help. And maybe it is even just in a support group. Um, yeah, or yeah. I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. Um, I think it's super important the timing of all of that, right? Because if if they're feeling that any, if you feel like any, they're taking everything you say as an attack. That's probably not the time to go. And by the way, Joe from church is coming over today because he knows, or you need help, or you know what I mean. The timing is so important, and you know, I, if if it's a matter of boundaries, and okay we don't have any money now and we can't provide for our family. I think whether they're ready or not, it's time to bring someone in who's trusted to say, look, this is not good, you know, but if they're, if it's still at the point where they're not completely drained of finances and I, I think there, it would ideally be and an ideal scenario would be to create that safe place where he can open up with her first. Do you know what I mean? And then, that I mean, that's what with my husband and I, when we're going through things, I, he, he was dealing with an addiction and he came to me and um, talked to me about it. And I, we worked through it together for maybe a week. And then I said, you know what? I have a couple who went through the same thing and they're friends of ours. Let's go meet with them. Mm. And at that point, it was a healthy time. But if, if it had been at the beginning when I was really angry and frustrated with him, I think that probably wouldn't have been a good time and it wouldn't have been accepted. And that is what is so hard. I know I have I have a girlfriend who um, found her husband uh, found all kinds of pornography in their home, and so he was on a trip. When he came home, she had her father, the pastor, and oh gosh, and therapist, the sex therapist, all there waiting when he walked in the door. Um, oh. He got blindsided. I mean, completely mm-hmm. had to deal with the anger of that kind of betrayal that he felt from her. So now. Not only were they dealing with this addiction, they were dealing with this ultimate betrayal. Great breach of trust, yeah. Yes. So um, it's really hard to know, you know, what to do in those situations because, like you said, you're, you're, you're moving out of anger. And um, sometimes you, you, you need to pause and keep praying and have that discernment. And, and you know, I don't know. Maybe that, that, maybe that was her discernment and that's what they needed to do, but it – you know, from looking into that, you just go, whoa, that mm-hmm. uh, I, I would have really felt blindsided. But then again, when you're dealing with someone with addiction, sometimes it takes a major shakeup mm-hmm. for, for them to have to, you know, wake up. But uh, they are no longer together, so I don't know if that was the best, the best way. Yeah. To- My first thought for him, I think, would be, oh, I didn't hide this well enough. Do you know what I mean? And maybe I need <laughs> to do a better job of hiding and that obviously not healthy, but I mean, and it's good to react as though God would act. I think, you know, with, with my husband and I specifically, I, I was horrified and I, and I shared that with him, but it was out of hurt and it was out of sadness and I was angry and I went through all of those emotions that you do when you feel betrayed. And I think that, um, this was before we were married and, you know, and I know people are dealing with this as they're married and it's even harder. And, um, but but creating that safe place where they can come and talk to you still, I think. Um, but where you can still feel the freedom, we need to feel the freedom to react as Christ would act. Because, no, that, was, that wouldn't make God happy. 
It just well, sucks him. Uh, you know, but but not saying that out loud, but <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of the freedom, we only have three minutes till the end of the show, and actually we have two minutes. Um, I This has been um, so enlightening, Rebecca, and thank you so much for being on the show and just sharing just the spiritual warfare and what takes place and how do we deal with these addictions, how do we help each other and, and be the Jesus with skin on. But what are a couple of tips? that you can share with our listeners today on, like, like we talked about, guarding ourselves against Satan's tactics? Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture. Know the scripture. <laughs> yeah. um, get get the book. I mean, the book is great, Defeating Dark Angels. It just gives you sort of a, it's a starter kit for that. Um, also, prayer, surrounding yourself with prayer, and calling it for what it is. If you, if you hear a friend saying, I'm not valuable, or I just, I don't know if I should be living. I mean, you can, we have the authority to talk and confront those spirits. We can pray and have Jesus do it, but we have that authority. And I think calling it for what it is, um, is really important because they lose power that way. So. And that, that is, um, so true. And, and then surrounding yourself, like we had talked about, and I know, um, one of our, our listeners is saying that getting into a small group, Mm-hmm. Um, that that is so true because then you can find that that safe group, and through that you're obviously getting into scripture and you're sharing, and plus you have that accountability. So mm-hmm. definitely a good idea to get into um, a small group. But once again, we just want to thank you, Rebecca, for being on the show today. And uh, Chuck Colson talks about every general knows that the first rule of warfare is know your enemy. And knowing your enemy demands that you name your enemy. So if you mm-hmm. have any questions about today's show, please go to girlfriendit.com, and you can find out more information. You can find out a little bit more about Rebecca Morgan. And we just want to thank you for being with us today, and we hope you can uh, go out there and guard yourself against the enemy. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show to